welcome to the Farcom Podcast. It is McNeese Hate Week here in the podcast. I want to thank you for listening to each and every episode. It has been an absolute joy bringing you this podcast. One of the things I've enjoyed the most is interacting with fans primarily on Twitter at Farcom Podcast. I also have a Facebook page. But aside from Demon fans and athletes that have reached out, I've also had the pleasure of talking to fans of other schools and other athletes uh, that we've competed against, and that has been an absolute joy to have as well. Uh, my high point so far, my best memory from doing this was before the North Texas game, the folks down at GoMeanGreen.com reached out and allowed me to join them on their podcast, and uh, it was an absolute pleasure being with them, and they were very knowledgeable and just got to interact with people I normally wouldn't have got a chance to, so it's been really fun. If you do like this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe about Apple Podcasts. It does help. I do have a confession to make to all the Demon fans listening, and that is... I said earlier it is McNeese Hate Week. In reality, I can't honestly claim that I hate McNeese. As a former Demon athlete and as a Demon fan, I have visited Lake Charles and McNeese State University uh, more times than I can count, uh, both as a Demon athlete and as an opposing fan. And I can say without hyperbole that the folks down at McNeese, down in Lake Charles, are absolutely some of the nicest, more passionate fans I've ever met. Uh, McNeese State University just seems to bend over backwards to make sure whenever I competed there, when I visited as a fan, that everything went smoothly, everything went well, and any issues or problems, uh, they took care of right away. I hope everyone in Demon Land listening can make it out to Turpin Stadium on Saturday. Wear your orange, let's create a great atmosphere for the team, and let's hope that that 12th man effect can lead the demon football team to a victory over mcneese and if you do go to the game i will give you a word of caution there will be some mcneese state fans tailgating if you do happen to engage with them one they're going to be very nice but you're probably going to gain about 20 pounds because one thing mcneese fans can do is cook and they can cook well and they will feed you and feed you more than you probably need to eat so i know every time i've gone to mcneese or had visited McNeese tailgate at Northwestern, I've gained a few pounds. So just a word of warning on that one. But while the football game is big, and we're going to discuss that later, just want to touch on the soccer and volleyball team. Soccer had a really good week, defeating Nichols 2-0 and Southeastern 1-0. Season sweep over those teams. They will be actually hosting Incarnate Word on Sunday before, I believe it's Tuesday, they'll be playing Corpus Christi, and then they'll actually end the season off with McNeese. But it is shaping up to be a huge game with McNeese next week. I'll cover it more on the podcast. But if both teams went out, that last game against McNeese will be for the regular season conference title. Our record with McNeese is identical, but they do have the head-to-head over us. But big, big week for the Demon soccer team. Volleyball team had a split. 3 to nothing over Houston Baptist. Lost 3 to nothing to McNeese. That puts them firmly in six. Now, this weekend is going to be a big weekend for the volleyball team as they are traveling tonight to University of New Orleans and Saturday at Nichols. Both teams are the two worst teams in a conference, so the volleyball team definitely wants to improve on being sixth place in the conference, and it's imperative that you win the games that you're supposed to win. And Nichols and UNO both aren't very good teams, so the volleyball team has to step up and get some wins, and if they can do that, it'll start uh, you know, helping them move up the standings. Going to break down my what I think is going to happen in the football game, what I'm seeing from both teams. But before we get to that, 
a quick word from our sponsor, Anchor.fm, who does keep this podcast free. Big game this weekend for the Demons as the rival McNeese Cowboys come into Turpin Stadium. Both teams coming at 1-4, and four, so whoever wins this game will be thrust back into the Southland Conference football title hunt. Whoever loses this game, while mathematically will not be eliminated, will face a very steep and challenging uphill battle the rest of the season, especially when you look at the talent of UIW, Southeastern, and Nichols. Looking at McNeese on film, and I primarily watched their game against Southern and their game against Southeastern while kind of checking out what I thought they had and who their best players were. And in watching those games, I really feel like, much like Northwestern, McNeese State is their worst enemy. They'll have a lot of plays set up that should get a lot of good yardage. A lot of times they can extend drives on third down and they'll either miss a block or underthrow a pass or overthrow a pass or drop a pass, commit an untimely penalty, and shoot themselves in the foot. Much like Northwestern, much like everyone else in the conference, they do run a spread offense. I find they do use a lot more empty sets than Northwestern uses. And what I finally try to do is they'll do a lot of sweeps, a lot of runs to the outside, sometimes to the short side of the field. I think, I think they like to get a lot of traffic in there and get people to miss because of that. But what they'll do is they'll kind of bait you into looking outside. And once your linemen and linebackers start creeping more to the edges, they'll throw in the empty sets and they like to get those linebackers and linemen to the edges and once everyone commits to the outside that'll open up that inside lane and Cody Ogeron does have the athletic ability where he can definitely do some damage once he gets to run and if they can get an open lane they, they can be very effective if you look at McNeese on offense they average right at 105 yards per game rushing 204 passing, but an interesting statistic, only 6.84 yards per attempt. And I find, again, McNeese, they'll have a lot of drops. They'll also have a lot of times that Cody Ortron will short arm some passes. Not that he's a back quarterback by any stretch, but that is something that the Demons can look at to possibly create some turnovers and put them, you know, behind the sticks on downs. I find watching them, uh, you know, and I did watch the Southern game, and I watched the game against Southeastern Live, and going back and rewatching it on film, I really did underestimate the athletic ability of the Cowboys. They have a lot of athletes across the board, and offensively, they have some playmakers that can really go, and I'll touch on a few of them later, but with McNeese, if you miss a tackle, they can easily bust out a 20, 30-yard run, and I find a lot of McNeese's offense this year has been feast or famine. Either they get nothing or they get a whole lot of yards at once, and they can easily break some big runs. Reminded me a lot of the game against Nichols last year for Northwestern, where Northwestern couldn't move the ball, couldn't move the ball, but then we hit a 60-yard run for a touchdown. Very similar offense. But the danger you have if you're the Demons looking at this is if the Cowboys can kind of put everything together, that can be a very effective offense. Now, for the Demons defensively looking into this, you just have to play disciplined football and a thing I'm really pleased about is if you look last week we had Jared Pedraza who had a just absolutely fantastic game out of that linebacker position you put him combined with Valson if they can just play the way they're capable of and play disciplined ball I don't think McNeese is going to throw anything at us that'll start hurting us too badly and I think if they can play the game they're capable of 
combined with the mistakes McNeese has been making, this could be a very good performance by the NSU defense. But, again, that main thing is we have to play discipline, which means don't dance with them when they're, you know, they a lot of McNeese athletes like to juke around, kind of like to dance on the field. And then once you commit, they'll go the other way and break a big one. If your demons just play discipline ball, don't play hero ball on the defensive side of things. On defense, McNeese appears to like to run a 4-2-5 scheme. Uh, because of this, that four-man front can do a good job clogging up the lanes and have an athletic front, while not biggest size-wise, uh, they are definitely tenacious, and they'll get after both against the run and the pass. So they'll do a good job, I think, clogging up that line. They do like to stop everything over the top with that 4-2-5, and they are willing to give up those short passes, those two or three-yard out routes, two or three-yard slants, and talc you. The problem with this defense is not schematic or personnel. There's athletes across the field on McNeese, and if you watch them, their defense is much more talented than the statistics they have. And if you look at their stats, they give up 125 yards rushing per game, 300 yards passing, but a really bad 7.82 yards per attempt and the problem with these again is not schematic of personnel it's at times they lack football discipline and by that I mean they will whiff on a lot of tackles they will miss tackles try arm tackles instead of tackling a receiver they'll go for an interception and miss or they just won't stay in contain and the linebackers will end up out of position when a quarterback scrambles because of that McNeese a lot of times will have plays where they should have a tackle for a loss or only a two, three-yard game will turn into a touchdown or a 30, 40-yard run. One thing I felt they really struggled against both Southern and Southeastern with was they allowed their quarterbacks to scramble. Now with Southeastern, to be fair, Cole Kelly is one of the best quarterbacks in the nation. So a lot of it had to do with his athletic ability and his skill. But even with that, I think if you look at what the Demons do offensively, with the skill set of both Cale Fletcher and Zach Lamont, that with their running ability and the fact that McNeese does have a habit of getting out of position and their line will break down after a while, I can see both of them having some success running the ball and scrambling for first down. So if you are Fletcher or you're Clement and you're back there ready to pass, keep an eye on that line because they will, because of that scheme, that 4-2-5, it gives you kind of that inside bubble so if the line breaks down, you can easily run and get 10, 15 yards. So it's something Cole Kelly did very effectively, something Southern did effectively, and something I think we need to definitely do effectively against them. Running-wise, I don't think we're going to just pound them up the middle, but if we can get some misdirections, get them to kind of start biting, because, again, of that 4-2-5 scheme, once you get past that first little initial wave, you normally have about five or six yards if you can get past that first six, first, uh, you know, linemen and linebackers and because their defensive backs do have to kind of form a bubble with that scheme it does give you some ways to attack so i think there are definite ways for the demons to attack this defense now i like to look at the three players for mcneese to watch and for this segment i will say if you do not follow me on twitter at falcon podcast i implore you to do so uh, for this segment i do try and tag each player at least once a week that I'm going to talk about, link their profile, and also put a highlight video, if possible, on my Twitter account. So reason being, it kind of, I think, makes it more exciting when you can kind of put a face with a name and kind of see who the demons are going to have to be playing against. 
and also to show respect for our opponents, as I do believe you do need to have respect for your opponents. And I do want to preface this by saying I'm not necessarily saying, and when I do this for both McNeese and for Northwestern or whoever we're playing, I'm not saying these are necessarily the three best players on the team, but three players I think that make a difference that may or may not get the credit they deserve, but three players that definitely caught my eye for one reason or another. And start off for McNeese is Cody Ogeron, the quarterback. Of course, he is the much-talked-about son of Demon Great and current LSU coach Ed Ogeron. Cody Ogeron is a very do-threat quarterback. Doesn't have the strongest arm. He can underthrow passes at times, but he is very versatile. If the pocket breaks down, he can easily get a lot of yards with his feet. He doesn't have any fear of running the ball. He can initiate contact, isn't afraid of getting hit. And there are times when he should have been sacked and he'll find a way to wiggle out, scramble for to make a pass or to run. He's the heart and soul of the Meanies team. And if you want to see a person that best exemplifies what the makeup of a team is, it's Cody Ogeron. He will will his team to victory and will his team to get first nails and touchdowns. Next guy is a guy who is just uh, amazing to watch. Defensive back Corian Harris from Landry Walker High School in New Orleans. And, of course, he was at Kansas before going to McNeese. Uh, this guy is amazing to watch. Uh, NFL caliber cornerback and NFL caliber defensive back. He is a guy that will be the best defensive back I think the Demons are going to see all year. He is absolutely amazing. There was a play against Texas Christian that I linked on the Twitter account. And on the play, he was beat. And it was a perfect pass. Should have been a touchdown for TCU. And he jumped up at the last second and batted the ball away. And he has a tendency of doing that where you make a perfect pass and he'll just do a Superman act and just jump, it seems, 10 feet in the air, swipe the ball away. And, I mean, he is just absolutely, absolutely versatile, real, real great lockdown corner. He'll stick to you like glue. And uh, when I say this guy is a fun guy to watch, uh, please, I implore you to go watch some highlights. In addition to being a defensive back in high school, he was actually the starting quarterback as well for a very good Landry Walker team. And uh, you could just look at his athleticism on uh, a lot of his high school highlights. And if you watched him in high school, he was an absolute treat to get to, you know, see the plays he would make. And he's one of those guys that just gets it, has a tremendous football IQ, where even if he ends up out of position, he is smart enough to get himself in position to make a play. And uh, just a guy that we're going to have to watch for. And if you throw bad passes his way, he's going to pick it and probably take it the opposite direction for a six. And last but not least for McNeese, wide receiver Mason Pierce. He is a human highlight reel. This kid is dynamic, explosive. Um, he can go from zero to 100 in the span of a second. Great return man. You do not want to kick the ball to him. And if you want to know why, go watch his highlight he had against Southern, 100-yard kickoff return. He is insanely fast. He, they will run the ball with him at times. He is a receiver, though, but he'll catch the ball, get a handoff, whatever. But the second he touches the ball, He's off to the races. Going into the game against McNeese, I see a lot of positives for the Demons. And as primarily led by two players that I think have really stepped up big time in the last couple weeks, and as for running backs for Michael Beasley and wide receiver Jake Griffin. If you listen to this podcast, you know it's one thing I've talked about that I thought the Demons' offensive struggles were a result of the fact that I felt the Demons didn't really have a deep threat and as such, it allowed other teams to kind of stack the box and just pin their ears back and 
you know, put a lot of pressure on quarterback and pretty much stifle the running game. With Jay Griffin, he gives us, and his emergence has given us a deep threat and a speedy receiver that we've been missing. And you put him in tandem with Gavin Landry, and I think it's a just total different package and total different look for our offense. And if you look at that second half against Houston Baptist, I think you're going to see some of that starting to shape take hold. I think with that extra week of practice, that extra preparation now going to McNeese, I think it's going to make a big difference, and I think you're going to see a lot more Jay Griffin against the Cowboys. Really excited about that. Running back to Michael Beasley, a freshman, comes in, had injuries to Aubrey Scott and Scooter Adams. You wonder who's going to step up. He more than delivered, and with his skill set, which is kind of a hybrid between the two, I think he really did a good job of opening an offense. And as I mentioned before, McNeese at times – will get themselves out of position. So if he can be patient enough and just read whatever they're giving him, I think he can be very effective against the Cowboys. And the third person I have to mention, he was the LSWA Defensive Player of the Week, is Jair Pedraza, who had three fumble recoveries in the last two games. And whenever you're a team that has had offensive woes, getting extra possessions is very invaluable. So I think with these three guys, they can step up. I think you're going to see a really good game from the Demons, and I think the emergence, as I said, of Jay Griffin is from Michael Beasley, I think that adds a whole new wrinkle for the offense, and I'm fully expecting a really good offensive performance from the Demons this weekend. In order for the Demons to beat McNeese, I think there are three things the Demons are going to have to do. First off, the Demons are going to have to have a fast start against the Cowboys, against UT Martin, UIW, and against Houston Baptist, I thought the Demons were very lethargic to start the game. I don't know the reasoning behind that, whether schematic or just lack of focus. Uh, not sure, but we've had really bad starts, and we've been lucky so far that we haven't been blown out of a game because of that, and we were lucky to recover against Houston Baptist. But if you keep having slow starts, eventually that's going to cost you. And to be honest, I think it cost us the possible win against UIW. It cost us against UT Martin, which are both two teams I thought we could have uh, defeated had we played better. <clears throat> and it almost cost us against Houston Baptist. So against McNeese, we have got to have a quick start, do the right thing. And whether, again, schematic or focus, but something needs to change because we cannot allow ourselves to play from behind and expect to be a team like McNeese. And with a team like McNeese with the talent they have, if you give them some momentum early, they do have the talent to blow you off the field. Second thing I think is key is we've got to keep Cody Ogeron in the pocket. Cannot allow Cody Ogeron to escape contain. Got to contain him. Cody Ogeron is a solid quarterback, but his primary weapon is the fact that he does have the ability to stretch plays out. When plays break down, he can use his feet, extend drives, extend plays, and you can't allow it to happen. So when Cody Ogeron has the ball, got to keep him contained. And I think if the Demons can't contain him, force him to use his arm, I think it's going to spell uh, some good success for the Demon defense. And last but not least is do not allow Mason Pierce to touch the ball. I don't care if it's a pass play. I don't care if it's a handoff. For God's sakes, don't kick to him. But Mason Pierce cannot be allowed to touch the ball because – if he touches the ball enough times, he's going to score eventually. And he might score every time he touches it. He's just that dynamic of a player. So you've got to keep it out of his hands. think the Demons can do those three things. It's going to have a good result for the Demons on Saturday.
before I wrap up this episode, I hope you don't mind if I share a little story with you and kind of switch gears a bit. Very recently on social media, there was a post being shared of a Northwestern State volleyball game. And at this volleyball game, they highlighted the fact that there were numerous football players cheering on the Lady Demons. Seeing this warmed my heart, and it also made me recall a conversation I very recently had with a former teammate of mine and as former track athlete Blake Hines. And for those of you unfamiliar with him, he was an excellent 400-meter hurdler and as great of an athlete as he was, he's an even better person and to this day has as much pride in Northwestern as anyone I've ever met. And something we had discussed was one of the things that made Northwestern State so special when we were in school and when we competed for the Demons was that the athletes all supported each other whenever you competed and that was really awesome. And seeing that picture and recalling a conversation reminded me of a game I attended when I was at Northwestern. And it was a volleyball game where they were playing against Nickel State. And at the time, the volleyball court in Prather Coliseum was on the far end near where the locker rooms are. And at this game, there was at least, at minimum, 200 demon athletes cheering on the volleyball team. And it was a very loud and very electric atmosphere. And it was really amazing, amazing energy inside of Prather. And it was so loud at one point late in the game that the Nichols coach was having trouble communicating with her players because of the noise. So she had to call a timeout, bring her team off of the court, literally bring, her, bring the team in the back holding area to talk to them. And after that, because of the crowd noise, and I want to stress it wasn't vulgar in any way, but just very loud. Because of the noise, Nichols was very visibly rattled, while at the same time you could see the demons were very energized and the volleyball team ended up making a rally after that point winning the game. And that type of energy is awesome when you think about how much you can influence things and how much support you can give. And talking in that conversation, one thing that supporting each other does is it makes you realize whenever you put on that purple, when you put on that jersey, you're not just wearing it for yourself, you're not just wearing it for the football team or the baseball team, but you're wearing it representing the Demon Athletic program and the community and the family that exists around Demon Athletics. And I can't stress enough of how much of a selling point that is for Northwestern State, because to me, the thing that makes it special, one of the reasons I'm doing this podcast is because once you're part of that community, it's a lifelong community and family that you're a part of. And it doesn't matter whether you're a walk-on or an All-American, the folks at Northwestern always treat you the same and you're always welcome back in open arms. And it really does mean a lot to people. And just an example of what it means to people, very recently, Tommy McClellan, who was also one of my teammates, who is now current Assistant Athletic Director at Vanderbilt University, recently set up a scholarship to help current demon athletes. And if you look throughout social media, there are instances after instances of demon, former demon athletes stepping up and supporting the current athletes. And it's really an amazing thing. And so I implore all the current demon athletes, please make sure you're being a part of that community. Make sure you're supporting each other. 
because the one draw, the one thing I think that Northwestern has over anywhere else is that sense of family. And for the demon athletes, you know, I thank you for being a part of that. And please understand that when we support you, you know, we're with you at the same time. And, you know, you're part of that family that goes from way beyond when I started and it's going to exist to well after the current athletes are gone. And I hope you don't mind me sharing that story. Just to me, it's, uh, that's the pull of Natchitoches, man. That's the pull of Northwestern State. And uh, I'm just personally feel extremely proud to have been a part of that. And I hope uh, everyone listening feels that same pride of being a part of Demon Athletics. And that's whether you're an administrator, an athlete, or a fan. It's all one family, man. So uh, that is the pull and the draw of Northwestern. That'll wrap it up for this episode of the Farcom Podcast. I thank you for listening. For all of you heading out to Natchitoches this weekend, for the game, I hope you have safe travels. Look forward to talking to you either on Sunday or Monday when I recap the game against McNeese. Let's go beat the Cowboys. Hope you have a great rest of the week and a great weekend. And as always, Farcom Demons.